Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 22 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Tiffany Milanich of Grateful Garden Not Biz. Also known as Dana and Tiffany, bringing you the voices of thyroid advocates, clinicians, bloggers, and thyroid thrivers everywhere. In just a few short minutes, we're going to be talking live with Gina Lopez-Langone, I hope I pronounced that correctly, of ButterflyNationProject.org and Brittany Robinson of WarriorButterflies.com. Both are Graves' Disease Warriors and amazing advocates. I'm really excited about talking to them and learning more about Graves' Disease today. You can also read both of their Thyroid Thriver stories, which are very interesting. I mean, and I love Gina's. That is so funny. So oh, she's, she's hilarious. She oh, my me God. Up. Like, I was just dying reading that thing. And I'm like, this is not funny, but this is the way it was written. It's just very funny. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's how she is, too, in, in, real, like, in real life. So it's great. I can't wait to talk to him. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, so, but first, before we bring Gina and Brittany on, there are just a few exciting things we want to share. Make sure to check out the Hashis and Graves Thyroid Nation Radio Talk Show Facebook group a place where we can all ask questions as well as get guidance, support, and everything from, from all of us that understand. And you can just type in Hashi's and Graves. I think that might be easier, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> such a long name. If you tuned in last week, which we hope you did, you heard us chatting with the wonderfully artistic and wildly talented, both of them, Julie Chang, Julie Ching, and Tracy Keene, all the way from New Zealand. And if you missed it, make sure to listen to the archives at thyroidnation.com. They were both uh, lovely and amazing. It did take us a little bit of time to get to get them on the show, uh, to get the show working properly, but they were really great once we got it all situated. So go back and check that out. You can also see the lineup of wonderful and innovative guests we have scheduled on Thyroid Nation Radio. Upcoming. For instance, Dr. Christensen, Lorraine Cleaver, uh, Maggie of the movie um, Sick to Get Sick to Death, uh, Gina Lee Nolan. So we've got lots of great people. And next week coming up, Dr. Donnie Wilson. So that'll be great as well. As always, a very, very, very big thank you to our listeners. We want to hear about your thyroid thriver journey and your story. Uh, you don't have to be completely healed. Go ahead and submit your story to thyroidnation.com. Thyroid thrivers, submit your story. Whether you're healed or not, that's really important because it's the journey and the, you know, the stories where everybody has the aha moments and, and things that help us all not feel so alone as well as, you know, um, help us within our own journeys and, and think, wow, that didn't really work for me either or that did or there's just really never uh, any one size fits all, that's for sure. Okay, Dana, it looks like they're both with us. You ready to get this Thyroid Nation thriving? Hello. Absolutely. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Absolutely. How's everybody Hi. this morning? Are you guys there? We're yeah. here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, so help me with voices. Gina. Yes. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Talk. Okay, and how about you, Brittany? Hello, everyone. All right, well, I'll do how the best feeling, I can. How are you feeling, Brittany? <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm I'm living, I'm moving, I'm breathing. It's all that matters. So yeah, good. Yeah, good, good, good. And uh, Gina, what's going on, lady? Well, you know, I'm sitting outside in a nice Colorado afternoon, so I can't complain. It's not raining. It's not snowing. 
And is the truck still working? Is it still going, or did he turn it off? Oh, he turned it off and stopped working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Well, we are so glad to have you both on the show today. I just want to start off um, and have each one of you tell your your thyroid thrivers story, if you don't mind, just to kind of let everybody know a little bit about you you guys. So, Gina, you start. All right. Well, um, basically, the Reader's Digest version is in 2007. (laughs) Um, I got married. I moved. I bought a house, and my best friend died all within three months. Um, My hair was falling out. I was having heart palpitation, which I actually thought was due to the altitude change from Texas to Colorado. Um, But I was gaining weight quickly within that short amount of time. Uh, I went in, I saw my doctor, very first meeting, and said, hey, could you check my thyroid? And he said, why? So my hair is falling out, and I put on some weight, and I'm thinking maybe it's just my thyroid's going a little slow. And he said, well, it's probably stress. I said, well, you know, could we just test it, you know, for snits and giggles and not so many words. Um, He finally agreed I was tested. And I apparently had the slowest doctor in the state of Colorado. It took another month and a half to have an uptake exam. And by December... I was first tested in September. By December, the end of December, he said to me, well, it's confirmed you have Graves' disease. And I said, Graves' disease? I'm gaining weight. Why am I gaining weight? And he said, well, apparently your potty just didn't read the book. Um, Needless to say, that was the last (laughs) time I saw that doctor. Uh, I started seeing an endocrinologist the following month, and she automatically said, well, what medications were you put on? And I said, a beta blocker. She said, he didn't put you on any anti-thyroid medication? I said, no. <laughs> you know, was he supposed to? She said, we need to get it. I'm giving you a prescription. You need to go and get it filled now. Um, she said, you know, we're, we'll look at about two years on meds, see how you're doing, and then if nothing's changed or if, you know, if you're getting better, we can decide. But, you know, possible next step is either radiation or surgery. I was on my antithyroid meds for roughly about two months, and my I mean two years, excuse me, and my levels would go down, but they wouldn't get into range, and then they would shoot back up. Uh, I was miserable. My symptoms didn't get any better the lower my levels were. Um, you know, it was just misery, the mood swings, the rages. Um, you know, it was, I tell, I joke about it being like menopause on steroids during a psychotic episode, but that's how I felt for two years. Uh, you know, I finally decided, okay, I'm I'm done. She actually gave me the option to stay on medication. I said, no, I'm done. I want it gone. Kill it. I, I mean, you need to murder this thing. <laughs> she said yes. You know, um, I just had surgery five months ago and didn't respond well to the anesthesia, so I decided to go with radiation. I did RAI, and roughly about two years later, my within six weeks, my levels went hypo. I was on medication, and um, within two years, I had leveled out. I was within range, but I was still, I had, my insomnia was really bad. My um, heat intolerance was horrible. I couldn't, I couldn't walk outside. I could sit in my house, and we don't have air conditioning in 90-degree weather in my house 
with five fans on me, and I get up and I leave a puddle. I, there's something not right, still, you know? And she kept saying, but your levels are fine, you're normal. You're normal, you're normal. Well, after about two appointments, six months, I finally said, there is something wrong with me, and it has to do with my thyroid. And she said, well, if you don't like what I'm saying, you might want to get a second opinion. Well, I did. The first meeting with the second doctor, he said to me, so how are you feeling? I'd never had a doctor ask me that. Oh, and it how wonderful. Made Isn't that so sad? such a big difference. I told him exactly how I felt, and he said, well, let me look at your blood work. He said, well, you're in range, he said, and I know some doctors like to keep people closer to hyper. He said, but apparently this is not where you need to be. So let's see what we can do. I said, I love you. And I told him this. I actually started seeing his um, nurse practitioner, and we played with my medication for about a good year. I mean, we dumped me completely hypo and then just kind of worked it up to see really where I felt best at. Um, after about a year and a half, we got me within range. I was close at a hypo. I felt good, but I was still a little tired. At that point, my the nurse practitioner said to me, well, you know, looking at your T3, it seems to be lagging. So why don't we do this? We'll put you on Cidamel, just a small dose to start off with. Um, contact me within three weeks because I also have, I now have a heart condition, you know, and he wanted to make sure that this was not going to irritate my heart at all. So after three weeks, I said to him, you know, I'm feeling kind of good. You know, the first week was a little rough, but I'm feeling kind of good. He said, okay, just keep an eye on it, keep taking it. I was on it for three months, just five milligrams once a day. He decided, well, let's up it just a little bit because you're still lagging behind. So I would take one pill in the morning, one at night. Well, taking one at night every night for a week, I felt miserable. My heart rate was up. My my hyper symptoms were back. So I kind of cut back, and I started doing it three nights a week. And I felt okay, and I wasn't falling asleep in the middle of the day. I had energy I hadn't had. I was sleeping at night. I felt amazing. This, I mean, for the first time in five, six years, I felt amazing. And when I went back to see him, I said, well, you know, I kind of fudged. I'm not taking it every night, but I'm taking it three nights a week. But I feel good. And he said, well, that's what matters. He looked at my my levels, and he said, well, you know what? Your T3 is up. It's running parallel with your T4, and that's where we want it. So you're getting enough, and if there's any changes, then you let me know. I said, great. I've been with this doctor for a couple of years, and he's actually, the nurse practitioner, actually, he's actually leaving me. Um, so I'm going to oh. let my primary take over. But I feel confident in letting my primary take over with my labs because I know where I need to be because I've been tracking them. I've been tracking my labs. I've been tracking my medication. Um, <coughs> last year my mom passed away, and during that time, stress, as we know, is a factor with all of us. My stress levels were up, and I went hyper. When I saw my doctor again, we dropped my medication down just slightly. I was on the new, the lower dose for about six weeks, and I started getting my full hypo symptoms. And at that point, I turned around, and I went, and I took, I switched back. Didn't tell my doctor, but I switched back to my regular dose. (laughs) And by the time I actually went in to see him six weeks after that, 
my labs were done, and he's like, and he said, well, you're fine. Your, your labs are back to normal. And so it's the lesson I, I put out there is to really, one, know your body, know your symptoms and your signals, you know, and be able to, to know when you say to your doctor, listen, I'm hyper, we need to drop my meds, or I'm hypo, I need to up my meds. And hopefully enough, you'll you'll be lucky enough to have a doctor who kind of gives you that leeway just to play slightly with your medication. Not, I'm not saying, you know, do it all the time, but if you have a doctor who knows what you're doing and you know yourself well enough, you'll, you're going to see those hints and those slight little clues that, hey, wait, I'm sliding from one into another and maybe, you know, I need to tweak a little bit. And that's really important. And that's my basic story. One one question. So today, that, how do you feel? Yeah. I'm sorry, what? How do you feel today? Actually, you know, I feel pretty good. I'm I'm still a little tired, but that's because I've been sleeping on my couch for a couple of weeks because my dog had surgery. So, um, but normally, right. you know, I, I do. I have the energy during the day. I can get things done. Um, I'm not as tired as I was before. Um, I sleep better than I have. You know, in eight years, it's great. I love it. Awesome. So quick question for you, Gina. When you talk about levels, just for the listener, can you tell us in that that time frame where your TSH, you know, T4, T3 was? I know you said, you know, at one point it was low, but in the beginning were your antibodies, you know, where were they at? Where was your TSH at the time? And what do you feel see, best is, at now? Right. Well, right now I feel best at with, like, my TSH needs to be between a 1 and a 2. Okay. And, you know, my, and literally my my T4 and T3 have to be, like, literally hugging the line on hypo. I mean, really it has and to be And that's exactly why I'm asking that, because so many people think that, you know, that screaming range of, you know, there's so much information out there to suppress to 1.5 to, and really the origin of your disease will really depend on where people feel well within that range. So that's why I want you right. to, you I know, always so tell you people, feel better for closer normal. to hypo. Right. Don't look for normal. Look for your optimal range. Your normal, right. Right. You're, you're right, because normal, normal is one thing. When, when they do ranges, they literally look at everybody for the past six months that they tested, and then they average right. it out. Well, that's going to include people who are hyper, people who are hypo, and people who don't have any thyroid disease at all. So they right. say, well, you're within this range, so you're fine, you're normal, you're okay. Well, you have to shrink that range down because that's not normal for everybody. Um, and so when people you will say to me, well, my doctor says I'm normal, but I'm feeling, you know, but my this is my range, tell me where am I at? And I say, but how do you feel? That's my first question is how do you feel? Are you still having your hyper symptoms? Because if you are, then it's not normal for you. You need to to either pull back on meds or get a little extra on the meds, depending on whether you have your thyroid or not, um, because you have to figure it out. And as I said, this is my, my, my issue, and I tell people constantly, what I didn't do, I tell people to do. When this first this journey started, I didn't pay attention to my labs. I didn't pay attention to whatever T3 or T4 were. Um, my doctor concentrated on TSH. Even though she ran T4, T3, 
it was like, look at your TSH. Okay. Well, TSH is the cousin in your family that shows up late for the party all the time. It lags. <laughs> so your T4 and your T3 can be within range, but if your doctor is only looking at T- TSH and is going by that, they're going to either over-medicate you or under-medicate you. Right, right. Because TSH just kind of hangs out. It'll it'll show up eventually, but it just hangs out. So looking at that T4, T3 are the most important things. So when somebody says to me, well, my doctor refuses to test my T3, it's one thing when you're hyper, if they're not looking at it, but when you're hypo, they need to because they can't tell whether your T4 is fully converting. And to, and the only way to tell that is to look at that T3. Right. So how does your doctor say, well, you're fine, well, your T4 is fine, it's, it's in range, but meanwhile, you get your T3 checked and it's lagging so far behind. Well, no wonder you're tired. No wonder you're dragging. Yes, Because you, it's, you're not fully converting. So right. it really is, it's about knowing where, you, and so I tell people constantly, I'm like, start a journal, jot down your labs, track yourself. Because it took me doing it with my doctor, the second one, to really understand like, oh, wait a minute. This is what I should have been doing, even when I was hyper, to find out what, what my optimal ranges were, where I needed to be, where I was most comfortable. And so, as I said, I tell people, I'm like, get a journal, write things down. You want your, your TSH, your T3, your T4. You want to know, you know, what your dose is, what medication you were on when, when your labs were done. Write down your symptoms that you're having. Write down questions and bring that into your doctor when you see them, because with Graves, we suffer from brain fog. There were were days where I didn't remember my own name. I couldn't remember if I took a shower the day before or that day. So, you know, write down these questions, bring them in, and before your doctor, when your doctor walks in, before they start, hit them with your questions. Control your your appointment, because if not, the doctor is going to come in and say, I looked at your labs, this is where you're at, here's your prescription, have a nice day, pat on the ass and go. That's uh, what they did with me when I started out. Okay, well, yeah. since you jumped in there, Britt, let's talk about your story really quick. So, basically, I was diagnosed with Graves' disease in 2000. Um, I've had this for this entire century, basically. Um, I... Um, I, I had just graduated college. I was starting a job as a stockbroker, and I was in the middle of the tech boom at the end of the 90s, early 2000, and bust when it was all coming down, and I was dealing with a lot of angry customers. Um, and then my grandfather passed away, and I was helping uh, to arrange his affairs with my grandmother. And the stress of all that, all of a sudden, I realized I wasn't sleeping. And so I went to the doctor, and they said, oh, it's just grief, it's stress, we'll give you sleeping pills. They kept, I went in two weeks later, I said, I'm still not sleeping. They gave me, you know, about the highest dose I could get. I still wasn't sleeping, and I was shaking all the time. And my weight started ballooning up. Um, I mean, while I was doing this little dance, in, in three months, I think I gained like 60 pounds without changing my diet or anything, which is a real shock to the system. So um, finally, my doctor said, you know what, let's test your thyroid just to see. Um, He said, but I've never heard of anyone 
having you know sleeping problems and weight gain and have it be thyroid. So we tested it, and my TSH I think was undetectable. He said, <laughs> you know, it was like point zero zero oh. whatever <laughs> at the time. He said, oh, I think you might have Graves' disease. So they sent me off to an endocrinologist a month later, and they started me on antithyroid drugs, and my levels never went down. We tried a couple of different, both different types to see if maybe one would work better than the other different doses. So after several, four or five months, I think, um, it wasn't coming down at all, um, not even a little bit, no matter what they did. And, and I was getting to the point where they said that I was in danger of having a stroke or a heart attack. Um, blood pressure was um, running around 180 over 110 on a regular basis. My resting heartbeat was like 140 <laughs> on a good day. You know, not good when you're wow. 25 years old. <laughs> so the doctor's like, um, we've got to do something now. Normally we try to do the meds for longer, but we're afraid you're not going to last that long. So I was scheduled to do radioactive iodine, RAI, um, and I asked about surgery, but they said that the surgeons that were in Indianapolis at the time when I was there, that um, the last few uh, times they'd done that surgery, a few people would end up with their vocal cords cut and unable to talk the rest of their life. And I just went, okay, we'll chance the radiation. <laughs> so that was the route I did. And um, within a week of having the radioactive iodine, I was so, so, so tired. And then all of a sudden I couldn't do anything but sleep. So two weeks later, I had my um, uh, friend at the time bring me back into the doctor, and I said, something is not right. They said, well, it should take weeks or months for you to go hypo. I said, could you just test me just to see? And so they tested me, and they called me the next day, and they said that my TSH had gone up to 20-something <laughs> in two weeks. Wow. So I went wow. from undetectable to um, majorly hypo within a couple of weeks, and I have to tell you that that is not what you want to do. <laughs> you do not want to go from one side to the other within a couple of weeks because your body is going to hate you for it. So, um, right. So I um, ended up being off work for three full months while they played with meds and stuff and got me sort of better. And then I went back to work and, um, and I was just, my brain fog was terrible still and I couldn't keep things in my head. And I was anxious all the time, so I had, ended up having to leave being a stockbroker and find another career path. So um, wow. I ended up um, going to do computer work, which was something that I'd done a little bit on the side in college. So switched careers, and stress levels were down, and I did, I did fine for several years. And then uh, about five years ago, I started having some more problems. So um, then I finally found this doctor, endocrinologist, who she's like, okay, let's check your vitamin D. Let's check this. And I, finally I found one who will treat me based on how I feel, not just my labs, but like with Gina, you know, how do you feel? Um, and she had me get a journal and start checking things, you know, off every time, you know, did I do this? Have I taken my meds? How do I feel the best? You know, what dose was I on? and all that fun stuff. And we also found out that I had a vitamin D um, deficiency that no one else had caught. So she got that up to levels. 
And uh, from now, from then on, um, pretty much we we play with my labs. We're still playing with my labs. Um, I've got asthma as well, so they tend to put me on prednisone because I'm allergic to other things that will help with inflammation. Prednisone, as some of you might know, um, uh, hurts the conversion process for your T4 into your T3. So, like, for instance, this last uh, labs, we found out my T3 was really, really low, and it was because of all the prednisone I'd taken. So I've got a doctor who's, we're, you know, adding extra cytomel, you know, and T3 and such. So, but uh, in the meantime, um, I have been trying to talk to other people and help other people because I don't want anyone to feel like I did when I first, you know, started not knowing anything, um, what's going on, am I the only person that feels like this, am I a freak? So, um, so Gina and I uh, connected, what, several years ago, I think, and we started Four, this uh, Graves, yeah, we, we were starting on this, uh, worked on this Graves disease group that she started, and um, helped. A, we've helped a lot of people on there, and then um, this last year, I've branched out and uh, started a, my own little website with information and recipes and articles and, you know, patient-recommended doctors and stuff like that um, as an extension of trying to help people get information, you know, so they've got multiple places that they can look for good quality information. So that's basically my story. Didn't you, didn't cool. you tell me at one time, um, Brittany, that your thyroid started growing back? Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, it was, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 that's one of those things that I don't think about very often. But, yeah, they, um, several years ago, they had tested, they did an ultrasound, and all the thyroid tissue was completely dead. And they tested me like a year, year and a half ago, I think, um, and um, 1% of it had grown back. So, Apparently, that's not completely unheard of, but it's fairly rare. So I, I now own a zombie thyroid. So when that was happening, was your was your thyroid function changing? In other words, did you feel uh, very different? Is that why they went looking, or was that just caught kind of by accident on an ultrasound or something? It was, it was uh, caught by accident. Um, my levels have never been what you call completely stable. In fact, we're constantly, at least at once a year, we're switching my meds around because either I've been on medication that suppressed something or I've been on something else that's affected my thyroid levels. So we're always kind of adjusting things for that. And But um, she's like, when's the last time we checked your, <laughs> your ultrasound? And I'm like, ah, 2007. She's like, well, let's, let's check it again. And she's like, oh, oh, look at that. That's alive. And that's wow. a little live part. <laughs> so, so Brittany, yeah. where do you feel best? I know that Gina said she feels better a little bit close, best a little bit more closer to hypo and TSH mm -hmm. one to two. Where do you feel best in the range? Just, just out of curiosity. Uh huh. Uh, me, I am, I am right smack in the middle. Um, I feel best from about, on, if you're looking at TSH between two and three, and if my and and the ranges for T3 and T4, there's a small little area right smack in the middle. The closer I get to the middle of that range, the better I feel. Really? On both so, of those? 
on both of them. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, my my <laughs> my doctor is is trying to figure out why I react to things differently than a lot of other people, but we're all individuals, so, so. It's okay. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Gina. But I, I think we. So how about honesty, Anna? I think we all are. Sorry again. No, oh, yeah, I was you're going to say no. how about antibodies for you guys? Where where have antibodies been? Is that something that's ever honest- been part of a protocol for you guys, like with a, um, you know, any type of suppressing the thyroid or anything like that beforehand or anywhere in the journey? The antibodies. Where have your antibodies been? I, I if they tested if they've ever tested mine for my radioactive iodine, I am not aware of it. And I and they pretty much said that at this point, since I I have most of my thyroid is dead, they they will test it now. They won't. So, test and, it now? and I'm the same way. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, but the thing is, is that because doctors, this is the one great thing about Graves' disease, is we have a plethora of doctors out there endocrinologists who are specialists in their field who say who have said to people i kid you not once we kill off your thyroid or remove it guess what you're cured yes scary wow very scary you know and it, it it is it's i have talked to so many people who have said you know i just i found out that i had i had graves disease my doctor told me i needed to do rai or removal and and now, and I said, well, what did you do? Well, I I had it removed, or I I did radiation. Well, did you ever take medication? Well, my doctor never told me about medication. Mm-hmm. Why not? Wow. You know, like wouldn't that be the first step? Um, you know, but my doctor told me that once it was gone, I'm fine, I'm cured, but I still have all these symptoms. Because right. you're not, this isn't, Graves is an autoimmune, <clears throat> just like Hashimoto's. There is no cure. Last time I checked, they haven't found a cure for it, you know. I, I said, in my, my biggest thing when I talk to people, I say, well, ask your doctor if they would say to a diabetic who has lost weight, who is no longer on insulin, who's controlling their diabetes with diet, that they're no longer a diabetic because they don't have to take insulin right. anymore. So you're fine. I said, not one doctor out there would ever say that to a diabetic patient. But right. when it comes to Graves' disease, they it's they don't even bat an eye. You're cured. You're fine. Right. It's like one and you're done with you. <laughs> right. It's 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 all in your head. Just take a pill. It's you know everybody's going to be fine. You know, look at look at these TV stars. You know, they take a pill. They're fine. Okay, but they're also paying a lot more for a doctor who apparently can spend a good couple of hours with them, you know. Well, not to mention that fine is relative, right? I mean, fine is relative. Lots of people live in this zone of, well, I'm awake and I'm, you know, I mean, I might have crazy, you know, psychological symptoms and I might be picking fights left and fine, but that's just my personality. This is fine. I mean, right. fine is really relative. You know what I mean? But, but look at look at like Missy Elliott. She she was diagnosed with Graves' disease. We didn't see her for ten years. Right, right. Yep. She, but she was fine. Disappeared <laughs> for ten years, and then right, the next right, thing right. we know, we see her on at the Super Bowl, dancing and singing, and she's on for what a total of five ten minutes, 
and everybody's like, oh, my God, she's awesome. Dude, I can run a marathon in for five for five or ten minutes. After exactly. that, I'm going to need a beta blocker. I'm going to need four days of sleep. I'm going to need, you know, a mental health month just to recover <laughs> from that five to ten minutes. You know, exactly. That's one thing that upsets me is that you see, you know, people will post, oh, look at this star has this thyroid and this thyroid, and look at look at what they're doing. Well, you don't know what they're what's going on behind the scenes. You have no idea what they're doing because I mean, I mean, Gina and I know what we've had to do to uh, just do basic things, and we might be able to go out for a short period of time and see strangers and be like, oh, everything's fine, and, and then go home and collapse for right. two and days. And it's like a two- to three-day recovery because you left the house to go grocery shopping. Yes. Uh, who knew? Right. I mean, I there was an article that somebody had posted about Faith Ford, the actress, who, you know, when she was working on Murphy Brown, she had been having issues. They finally, She finally saw a doctor who spent two hours with her and they found out that she has Graves' disease, and she's doing so much better now. She just takes her one pill a day, and she's fine. Uh-oh. Okay, right. You know, uh, those, yeah, and that could, those, that could be right. true. That it's could be true for some. It's great to hear those stories, but not norm. But you know her. what? I can't get two hours with my doctor, and I like him. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm lucky, and and as as I said, that nurse practitioner, I've been lucky enough where he kind of schedules me so we have a long enough time because we shoot the bull all the time. Um, but, you know, I might get maybe 40 minutes with him. You know, I might get 10 minutes with him. I'm not getting two hours. No. You no, know, no. I, I gained almost 100 pounds, and most of that was when I was hyper and before meds and after meds. You know, and then you have a doctor who says, well, you know, you got to cut. My primary care has told me numerous times, well, you got to cut back on the caloric intake. Well, buddy, I eat one meal a day. How much more do you want me to cut back? You know, like, what am right. I supposed to do? Right. Well, right, right. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. uh, so my doctor has told me, my old doctor that I hired told me that too. And um, my current primary doctor, she's like, She's like, your heart's fine at this point. She said, your cholesterol's fine. Your your blood sugar's fine. She said, as long as those main things, then you're breathing. She said, as long as those are doing okay. She said, well, I'm not going to worry about the weight because I know that that's tied to your thyroid. And, you know, you've got someone else working on that. So at least she understands because I went in when I first saw her and I brought her my menu plan. This is what I eat because I keep track of my food. This is what I eat. This is exactly the portions and everything for a week. And she's like, I don't see where you can cut anything out. Right. Thank you. <laughs> but is, is, yeah. isn't it amazing that 3 million people will be diagnosed with some sort of a thyroid issue just this year in the United States? 3 million. And yet there's no awareness about it. We're not on bumper stickers. We're not on, you know, License plates. There's no commercial about us having a walk. If any of us could actually walk after nine, you know. But I mean, still, there's none of that. There's no awareness to these diseases, and you know, we get 
we're told, you know, well, it's just your thyroid. Well, your thyroid controls everything. Not too long ago, in 2000 and I want to say 12, we lost a member of our group who had a thyroid storm, had a heart attack, and died at the age of 43. My God. 43 years old. And she left behind a daughter and two children. There's, there's something wrong with this. And her death certificate is not going to say, well, she died from her Graves' disease. It's going to say that she died of a heart attack. Right, of a heart well, attack. But the heart attack wasn't really the problem. It was a thyroid storm that she had, which caused mm. the heart attack. You know, we are being pushed off to the side, like, you know, the little orphan Annie over here, which is wrong. There are too many people who are being diagnosed with this, these diseases. It's not just Graves. It's Hashimoto's. It's hyper. It's hypo. It's thyroid cancer. All of the, all of them are encumbered in this one lump, and we all get treated the same, unfortunately. And instead of the doctor saying, "Well, okay, I understand that you have Graves' disease. How are you feeling? What can, what do we need to do for you as an individual?" It's Here's your pill, have a nice day, and let me pat you on the butt as you're walking out the door. Mm-hmm. Because my hyperthyroid patients take a pill and they're fine, or my hypothyroid patients take a pill and they're fine, so why aren't you fine? Because like it's there's our other fault. things going on. Right. There's you know what I like it's our fault that we're the cause of it. <laughs> I love it when Dr. Holtorf said, because they don't ask. They think their patients are doing fine because they're fine on paper. The reason right. that they think everyone's doing fine is because they don't ask. <laughs> you know, how are you right. doing? How are you feeling? They just don't ask. So they're like, oh, they're all in this normal range. But, you know, we all sit there. Dana and I talk about this all the time. You know, we all prepare all these questions and everything going into the doctor. And then when we get in the doctor, we're like a deer in headlights. You know what I mean? We're like, uh, you know, when they say, oh, everything's and, fine. You're good to go. See you in three months or six months or a year or whatever. You know, we're like, uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah, you, you need to have to, your... You have to look at it. We, you know, I, I started a nonprofit, ButterflyNationProject.org, and one of one of our biggest goals right now is awareness. It's basically bringing awareness of thyroid disease out to the public. We want people to know about this isn't just a simple take a pill and you're fine and you're happy. Um, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. But we also want to bring people... You know, teach them how to be their own advocate. You've been in your body. You're the only one who's lived in it for as long as you've been alive. You know your body best. I remember having a doctor say to me, you know, well, you need to to stop this or you need to stop that. And I said, I've been in my body for 43 years. You know, if, if I stop that, that's great and wonderful, but it's not going to make me feel better. So what are you going to do? And got the blank stare, which I think we've all gotten at some point in our lives from a doctor. You know, it's don't tell me that I'm fine, that I'm normal, that everything is okay with me because you're looking at a piece of paper. Ask me. I've been in in it for 43 years. Do I love my body? Not so much. Could it be better? Yeah. But don't continually tell me that. I already know that. I'm telling you what's going on, what's wrong, what I'm feeling, and you need to help me because you have that degree on your wall and figuring out why I'm feeling this way. 
That's and unfortunately, um, doctors will not do right. that. That's one of the reasons why um, um, I started, uh, about a year or so ago, I started interviewing people with Graves' disease and thyroid problems and stuff to try to get together the collective variety that is thyroid disease because doctors and other people, they, they see what's in the media, what little's in the media, and they think, oh, it's no big deal, take a pill or whatever. And so I started collecting stories, which Gina was helping me with, um, to try to figure out, you know, let people know, hey, you're not alone. Hey, other people have these crazy symptoms too. You're not the only person like that. So my husband and I compiled all these and, and uh, created this book called Tales from the Graves, which we've got on Amazon. And, um, and because of Gina's great charity, we're donating 20% of the profit back over to Butterfly Nation Project um, to try to help them out as well. So we can, you know, combine forces and try to push awareness on out there as much as possible. Well, very cool. And I know you guys want to talk about uh, a big topic, and that's preparing for RAI. Can you tell everybody what your preparation, what you guys, you know, talk about? And also, if there's any alternatives to RAI. I know there's so many people out there that say, I wish I hadn't done it. I'm sure you guys see a lot about, I wish I had done it, or I'm glad that I did it. But uh, tell us about REI, other options, and how to prepare for it for people that are headed in that direction. I, I think the biggest thing with radiation is my, my doctor had said, well, just make sure you flush the toilet a bunch of times after you use it, and don't be around anybody. I went, I had my, my radiation. They gave me the stuff that said, well, you have to use separate utensils. You have to do this. Well, that would have been nice to know before I actually had it done. So when somebody says, well, I have an appointment for radiation, what, do I, what should I do to prepare? I tell people, I'm like, buy some really cheap sheets, throw them on your bed, because then you can throw them away when you're done. You know, Get your plastic utensils, get your paper plates, things that you can just toss when you're done. You can double bag it and throw it away, and you don't have to look at it again. Um, Paperbacks, magazines, things you can oh, toss. Yeah. Computer games, anything that is going to keep you busy for that time that you're isolated is great. Drink tons of water. This was one of my problems. I ended up with a radiation burn literally three weeks after I had RAI. ended up in the hospital with a radiation burn in my neck. And it was probably because I wasn't drinking as much water as I should have been. So I forced that on people, you know, drink a ton of water get sour candies because you want to keep your salivary glands kind of working so that the radiation doesn't seep into them. Um, As I said, anything disposable so that you can just get rid of it. Things to keep you occupied while you're kind of in isolation and alone. I know a woman who said she rented a hotel room that had room service. She brought her own sheets for the bed and a pillow that she could just toss when she was done. You know, and she made a vacation out of it. Now, I, I, not a lot of people can do that, but it's, it's a great idea to be able to if you can. Um, the other thing is, no, you don't have to go through radiation. And I tell people this constantly. Medication is your first defense against this. Yes. So what your best option is to do is get on medication, see how, how you're feeling on it. You know, if it's working... 
and your doctor is doing their job, such as test, doing liver function, white blood cell counts, um, you know, to make sure that your body isn't being affected adversely by mm-hmm. the medication, stay on medication. There's nothing wrong with it. For some people, they do, they do end up with issues, and they do have to get off of it. But if you're not having those issues, you're fine. And you they might go into remission. Right. There's a small per, uh, percentage of people that are on medication and they can go into remission. Sometimes it might only last six months. Sometimes it might last a few years. But there are a few people that have managed to go into remission by going the medicine route if they're one of the, I guess, lucky people that, that respond well to it. <laughs> you know, um, and the other thing is that why remove a part of your body unless you absolutely have to? So unless you've had a, a thyroid storm, which has been severe, and your doctor is saying you can't go through another one of these again. If you are not, you know, adjusting with a medication, and you are having, you know, liver issues or any other, your your levels aren't dropping at all, and they just keep upping your medication, then look into it. But give yourself time. You know, then there's the the whole debate, which has been the biggest debate in my my online group, which is REI versus total thyroidectomy, like which one's best? It's a personal choice. I didn't, I don't do well under anesthesia. I chose to, to go with radiation. I know other people who are very, who have, you know, thyroid eye disease. It's not recommended to do radiation if you have the eye disease because it can actually make it worse. Hmm. You know, so they've gone the surgical route and that's fine. But I also tell people, I know your doctor is going to tell you that you're fine, that you're cured, life is great after you have this done. This is That's when the real work begins. That's when you need to start tracking your labs. You need to start figuring out where you're doing best at. That's when the work begins. Yeah. So it's not, uh, oh, it's gone, here's a pill, have a nice day. It's going to take time. It's going to take time to find your new normal. You know, you may not end up being your old self, but you will find where you feel good and where you feel normal again. may not be the way you were, but it's the new normal, and that's something that you have to embrace. Right, and I know, um, I can't remember which Thyroid Thriver story was. One of you guys talks about a journal that being so important, and I, I think that's so important, like tracking, um, you know, exercise and foods and different things, you know, fluctuate, you know, so much that to find a, a, you know, you hear people say, I had a great day and I can't, I don't know why, and then I had a bad day and I don't know why, and, right. you know, keeping a journal, I know for me has, you know, is is very important in, in tracking that. I know exactly, well, not exactly, shouldn't say exactly because it's such a journey, but I mean there's things that definitely trigger things that don't make us feel well. Right. And, yeah. and and it, it it really is important, as I said, do as I say, not as I did, because I, I never tracked. <laughs> I, never, I, I never did that, and I wish I had from the beginning. I'm mm-hmm. to a point where the brain fog is kind of gone. I know where I, I need to be. You know, if I'm feeling off, I know what my triggers are. I know what my symptoms show up. As I said, when I go hyper, insomnia, heat intolerance are the right. two You're things like, that Hello. pop up first yeah. right away. And I know I need to deal with it, which means that my dose needs to be dropped 
it doesn't need to be for a month. It could just be for a couple of weeks, just to readjust my, my levels, and then back on. But it's knowing it and knowing your body and knowing the signs that it's it's giving you so you can kind of nip it in the bud. I was actually diagnosed pretty early with Graves. Um, you know, I caught it pretty quickly. I noticed something, you know, things weren't right. And there are people who have gone for decades before, and then they, they get diagnosed and they look back and go, you know, for the past 10, 20 years, I've probably had this, but nobody ever tested it. You know, but right, why? Now, but that, why? That was one question we, we see so frequently on the show where people, you know, you look back at your childhood and whatever and you go oh though definitely this was always there there's no question right. about it right <laughs> yeah i but mean no why isn't why why are we not why are doctors not testing the thyroid throughout your lifetime I mean, why are they yeah, not testing should. more than than just tsh right <laughs> when they and do antibodies. Test. Right. antibodies and antibodies definitely too you know that I think and, in, in both Graves and Hashimoto's, big time. Right. Yeah, but and yeah, then you have some people. Have you had your Gina? Have you had your <laughs> antibodies tested? Nope. I have had every doctor I've seen has refused to, which um, I'm still fighting. <laughs> you know. Isn't that crazy? And, Isn't that crazy? And, and I, 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 I tell people, I'm like, if you can get them to check, get them checked. You don't have to check yeah. them every time, but at least once a year. Check your antibodies. Right. See where they're at. They will fluctuate. You know. They will fluctuate. Right. You know. Um, and and I love like with as Brittany was talking about remission, when people are like, well, I I was in remission, you know, I'm I'm off my medication. Well, that's great. Well, what are your antibodies? Oh, I don't know. Right. Well, are you sure that you're in in remission? Remission. <laughs> exactly. You're in remission. Your antibodies have to be either you know, completely nothing, they're not showing up, or below that, you know, that range. They have to be in a certain, and people go, well, I didn't know that. My doctor just told me I was I was in remission. <clears throat> well, step one, it's good that your doctor knows the word. You can associate <laughs> it with thyroid disease. <laughs> Two, tell your doctor to test your antibodies. You know, because if you're feeling good and you're in remission, you want to know where those antibodies stand right? because if they go up or down and you're not feeling well, then guess what? Your antibodies are really kind of controlling your, you know, your symptoms. So you, you might want to track those, you know. Right. Or, as I said, I love it when people say, well, my doctor refuses to do um, my T3. Okay, your doctor's a moron. Right. That's, a, that's doctor. a good one. You know, I that, I've said one. to more I've said to more people, your doctor's a moron. Find another doctor. <laughs> uh, you know, or well, I I live in such a small place, and, and okay, there are four endocrinologists here. I've seen two of them. Wow. I I live near three military bases. You would figure there was a, there would be a little bit more than four. Um, there's only four. The next one closest to me is 45 minutes away. After that, I'm hitting Denver, which is over an hour away. I, you know, what do you want me to do? I just happen to luck out and find a really good doctor and figure out where I need to be. Right. But before that, you know, my doctor was, 
I was stupid. I And I will admit it, I was ignorant about my disease. I've learned so much just from my group. I've learned yeah. so much just from talking to other people. And I think, you know, online groups are great. I think they're so important for people to find them and find your niche and for admins out there to realize you may not agree with what everybody's going to say, and that's perfectly fine. You don't have to agree with it, but you really should let people talk. I've seen so many online groups where people have been kicked out because they disagreed with an admin. Oh, my God, sing it, sister. Well, but you're you're not yeah. a doctor. You, you know, you may have had this disease, but you're not a doctor, and their doctor or their you know, their experiences are telling them something else. So you have to let people talk. And that's that's the one thing I people love about my group is that you guys, you can talk about everything. And we try to make things funny and we joke and there are serious topics, but it's everybody get your point across. Say what you need to say. Say what worked for you, you know. But don't ever say in my group that there's a cure. Because yeah, then we'll have a come, exactly we'll have right. a come Gina moment, and that's never that's pretty. A, <laughs> that's what. Gina yeah, moment. that's the the same thing in in my in my group. My because uh, I run one that now that's a lot smaller, but it's a general thyroid group, and not just Graves. And that's we have two rules, and one is that you respect what other people have to say, and um, there's no one size fits all. So you cannot ever, and you, if you say there's a cure, that's I'm sorry. You're you're just gonna have to go because that is well, dangerous. Well, they might be cured, and then God forbid they have a major loss or another health right. problem or whatever, and then they're they're gonna be, you know, off the off the wagon again. That's that's not cured. That's remission. Mm-hmm. That's flares. That's why it's right. so important to remind everybody this is a continual <laughs> journey until the day we die. Every one of us is gonna be battling with this. Now, sometimes it's gonna be easier than others. And then other times it's not. But to say I'm done and everything's beautiful is a giggle and a half. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, come you, on. No, it, it's because funny because, have... because, like, just like Gina said earlier, you know, she's feeling good right now. She's in a right. great spot. She listened to her body. Right. She's she's paying attention. She's researching. She's doing all the things she needs to do. She's feeling really good, and so that's wonderful. And we're so happy. But she's not going to stop getting tested she's not going to stop paying attention to her body she's not going to stop it's going to be continual from now on or make alterations or make alterations like she said her two big screaming signals are insomnia and heat intolerance you know then she knows okay i need to go in and get this you know do this check-in okay so i have a screaming question for you guys i have several Mm -hmm. graves graves clients and every one of them is iodine deficient like significantly is that something uh that really gets addressed a lot in the Graves community about iodine deficiencies. And I think a lot of people get confused about, you know, assuming that iodine levels are high in people that are hyper, and that's not always true. And and I find it so interesting because they're low in every single one of my Graves clients. Well, that would make sense because iodine is the fuel for your thyroid when you have a thyroid still. Um, so if you have Graves disease, then you're pumping out hormones like, you know, like a gangbusters, I guess. And and so you're going to be using up a lot of the iodine you have in your system. So you would be low. Um, but um, I've been trying to do a lot of research on the iodine thing because it's controversial, but I think it's mostly controversial because whether or not, you know, 
you need more iodine or less iodine or, you know, or whatever. It depends on where you are in your thyroid journey. Like if you have Hashimoto's or if you have Graves' disease or you just have hypo or hyper. And where you are on hyper, hypo, you know, all that makes a difference as to how much, you know, whether iodine deficiency needs to be supplemented or if it can be left alone or, but yeah, it's, it, I don't see a lot of discussion in grades groups though about iodine, maybe a little bit. Yeah, it, it's, it's about not you, something that comes up. It's, it's not a topic that comes up that often. Um, I know for myself, being even like hypo or where I am normally, I could, I I would kill or give my left arm for a bag of chips, and it's not really the chips. I would actually just lick the salt off the bag, which is horrible. Which is really horrible. But I want salt, and I crave that salt. I I actually crave salt. Now that's a big adrenal thing, though. The, yeah, but the, my the adrenals are fine. Is a huge adrenal. Adrenals are good. Okay, so that's that's. Yeah, great. my adrenals are good, but I want salt, and I would probably, you know, don't give away my firstborn, my only born, for just salt. Um, I was like, I could put a salt lick out back and be happy, which is crazy. <laughs> you know, which is is really insane because I was never like that. I was never one of those people who was like. Oh, I just want, I wanted more sweet than salt when I was younger. And now all I want is salt. And she I really tried very hard. I want, yep. <laughs> I know, I, exactly. I just tried not, not hard to, I try really hard just to use it like when I'm cooking, but not add it afterwards. Um, well, I want both. So, so what does that mean? <laughs> just eat me. Well, I was going to say, I, 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 tri- I tried. tried. <laughs> I, I tried not to. Um, it, didn't, it didn't always do it, but I try not to. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll try to make sure that whatever, whenever I'm cooking, it's salty enough. Um, you know, it has a good amount of salt in it where I'm not overpowering anybody else, but I feel, you know, happy with the amount. Right. And salt is good for us. Salt is good for right. us. And, and so, um, I, you're probably doing, you're probably using, you know, good salts when you're, when you cook as well to, to make it taste good. And, and it's also good for us. Right, and and I always tell people because people will say oh, I don't put salt on anything, I I refuse, I don't want the iodine. It's like your body needs it, so depriving right. yourself of important. it is only going to hurt you in the long run. But it's really if you know for you to know whether you're deficient in something, talk to your doctor. And and it's a big thing I say to people. I am not a doctor. There is no MD at the end of my name. I didn't go to medical school. I'm telling you from experience. Talk to your doctor, get tests run, see what you're deficient in, because I see a lot of people who are like, I'm going natural and I'm taking lots of supplements, and they've got cabinets full of vitamins up the wazoo. But once again, you can overdose on a vitamin. Yes. Because too too much can be dangerous. So find out what you're deficient in. Right. Ask and lots of people can reek serious havoc with herbs and stuff like that, both oh, yeah. in the hypo and hyper community. They're just Right. So it's it's, it's yeah. find <laughs> find what you're what you're lacking and then you know, concentrate on those things. Vitamin D deficiency is the biggest thing that most of us deal with. We don't absorb it. We you know, our calcium levels are down. So it's it's like it's it's very important. Find out from your doctor Every th- every six months, I would be put on another prescription of vitamin D. 
instead of my endocrinologist saying to me, we'll get a prescription or, or pick up some vitamin D at, you know, your local Walmart and take a pill every day, it was every six months she would do, my, and she'd be like, wow, your vitamin D is really low again. We'll, we'll give you another prescription, 50,000 IUs or whatever. The, I started taking 5,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. I haven't had a deficiency in it. Wouldn't yep. that have made more sense just to tell me this in the first place? You know, and then you got hey, the yeah, and there's uh, the other problem, like you were you were just saying, Dina, about getting tested. Most a lot of people with thyroid problems have calcium deficiencies. Now, me, my calcium's always right up there, almost too much. It's almost too high all the time. It's like if it's if it's ten is the limit, then it's mine's like nine point eight kind of. Deal. I'm throwing numbers out there because I don't have my labs in front of me. But basically, my my calcium levels are super high. So now my doctor's always like, take vitamin D, but do not take it with calcium. Do not supplement with calcium because too much calcium can hurt your heart. So well, and you a know, lot of times with, uh, <laughs> there's with so parathyroid, much parathyroid issues affect calcium levels, and that's yep. not uncommon. You know, with uh, people that have had thyroid. Um, surgery or any type of injury to the thyroid or anything like that, parathyroid is something that needs to be very carefully watched. Right. And and we did have um, one of my admins from my group had, when she had her surgery, uh, her parathyroid was damaged. And I think she was at one point taking like 20-something pills a day, just calcium. Yes, she was. You know, wow. to supplement because her body was not absorbing it at all so it's, okay, well, it's let's, really important let's let let me just ask you guys really quick have you guys since you both haven't had your antibodies tested have you decided um either one of you to take gluten out of your diet no okay this is okay this is my reasoning for this i have had uh reflux for my child is 20 23 years now um so I'm very, I'm kind of restricted on what I eat anyways because of my stomach issues. So if I cut out gluten and anything that contains gluten, I will be eating water. Nothing. Point. Right. So, you know, for me, it. I actually have a cousin who has Graves. She um, is gluten intolerant. She had to cut out gluten. Um, then she found out soy. She has reactions to soy, so she's cut that out. I so far haven't had any reactions to either of the two, so I've been able to keep them within what I can eat. Like, but I mean, even soy, I, it's very minimal. It's a soy. I use soy sauce when I cook, um, you know, and it's very rare when I make, you know, a recipe with it. But I do use it, and I don't have a reaction to it. But I always say to people, you know, if you're going to cut something out, and it's very important because people are like, well, I'm going to go on the on this diet, plus I'm going to cut out sugar, plus I'm going to cut out gluten and see what makes me feel better. Well, if you're cutting everything out all at once, you're never going to know. Right. So if you're going to take out the gluten first, work it for about three months, see how you feel. If then you want to cut out the sugar, then do that for another three months. See how you feel. Once again, track it. If you decide that, hey, you you still want to go on that diet, after that six months, then go on that diet and see how you feel. 
So it's really important to take one thing out at a time and see how your body reacts to it because if you take it all out, you're never going to know what your trigger was. That's a good point. And and also I wanted to just kind of throw in there that um, Tiffany and I are always saying on the show that paleo isn't for everybody. Going gluten-free right. isn't for everybody. Going this isn't – you've got to listen to your body, as you said earlier, Gina. You've got to listen to your body, and you've got to see what works for you. For me, I need carbs, so I try to get carbs, and I you know, probably shouldn't be having – very much gluten, and so I don't. I, my antibodies were, I don't know what they were at. They were at 1,500 at one point, which is absolutely terrible. They're a lot lower now because I did cut out gluten. So you do just right. have to listen to your body. And we don't propose, you know, one specific diet or the other. I mean, because everybody's made different. I mean, everybody's environmental factors that they live in, it's totally different. So but it, I agree. Well, I said, give it, give it those, that three months because my niece decided to go gluten-free which killed her because she used to make bread. Um, but she decided to go gluten-free, and she was like the first month she said she was ready to rip her husband's head off. So That was me. Said, <laughs> but after, you know, like month two, it was a little bit better. By the third month, she didn't miss it at all, and she was feeling fine. So it's, right in it. you, you have so to many give it that time. Too, when they go gluten-free, they're not eating enough carbohydrates. So... Because a lot of people go into going gluten-free without knowing that how to eat. I mean, you still need a certain amount of carbohydrates, certain people, to, to, to function. So unless right. you can, and then some people will replace it with rice, and they're basically going from, you know, one frying pan to the fire, you know. Or right. they'll, oh, they'll go gluten-free and they'll buy all these gluten-free foods that are loaded with starches and, and, you know, all these different things that their bodies can't handle either. So they're like, well, that didn't work for me because I felt like crap. And I'm like, well, you know, there's whole food gluten-free and then there's gluten-free processed, which is those are two entirely different ball games, you know. So there's there's so many ways to do it. And I, I see a lot of people, you know, just simply not eat enough carbohydrates then the blood sugar tanks and then they, they feel like they're dying and they're ready to kill their family members. And, you know what I mean, right. it's like, <laughs> well, and, you and know. This is, this is a great thing about having these online groups is that I've met people who are nutritionists. I've met people who, you know, are to do the holistic thing. So when somebody says to me, well, Gina, what do you think about this? I'll tell them straight up, listen, it's not something I do, but let me connect you to so-and-so because this is something that they do on a daily basis. They've been doing it for a while now. They can give you a heads up on you know, the right way to do it, because if you're asking me, I'm just going to tell you just stop eating, you know, so I'm, because really that's the extent of my knowledge. But being able to connect somebody, actually somebody the other day who had just started another group was saying to me, well, what do you think about this diet or that diet? And I said, I'm the wrong person to ask, but let me hook you so up with, with this one. Right. But if if you're looking at it and you're saying, well, I want to try, you know, this, how do I go about it? Once again, I'm I'm not the person that you're going to come to, but I can point you in the direction of somebody who can. And that's the great thing about these online communities is being able to have those. And, you know, the other thing is, like, you know, Brittany had started um, a support group in her town, which is also another great thing. 
So for anybody who wants to start a support group, get a hold of Brittany or me. We'll hook you up. Um, but in all honesty, it's a great way. Is is the biggest thing about these diseases is people feeling alone and isolated. Yeah. You know, and when you realize that there's a bunch of other crazy people out there, and that Makes they're you feel really better. not right, but but you realize like they're really not crazy, even though we all think we are. We're still going through the same thing. It can bring like a it's like a ray of light coming out from a storm cloud. You know, it's it's a rope and something for you to hang on to, you know, and to and a lifeline of knowing that, hey, I'm not alone and that there are other people out there who are going through the same thing. And even though my family might think I'm crazy, you know, I can go to Gina's group and there are 4,000 people in there who tell me I'm not. So, and, you know. And I love those, that. That is so important. You know, it's it really it's so is. so important to not feel so important. alone and, and so crazy, you know, because we – our minds play tricks on us, and, and it it feels lonely when you're not, well, you know, when you, you feel like yeah. you're alone and you don't understand. When when you haven't slept more than an hour a night for six months, there's there's some psychological issues going on. You know, you you start hallucinating. I remember there were times where I used to keep a calendar in my kitchen and then mark an S for a day I took a shower, you know, mm-hmm. because I would forget. Be like, no, I took a shower yesterday, but my legs look like the Black Forest. So <laughs> did I shower and just not shave or what? You know, I mean, literally because your brain is is so far gone by that point, you know, and you feel like you're going crazy. And who the hell wants to be around a crazy person? Well, you don't want to be around yourself, so you avoid being around other people and you isolate, you know. And that's worse. Which, which is, right, which is even worse. I tell people, I'm like, do something that you normally wouldn't do. Just go out and have a cup of coffee and say hi to one stranger. That's it. Because of those anxieties, get over those anxieties one small baby step at a time. You know, like so, and that's, and the, that's, what, that's what I try to do with the, with our thyroid thrivers uh, site. Our page on, on Thyroid Nation was to share a bunch of stories collectively to make people not feel so alone. I know that's what you did in your book, Brittany. Um Mm-hmm. Tales from the Graves, which, by the way, is just a fantastic title. Tell everybody just a Thank little you. bit about the book and and um, and also, you know, the charity. I know it, it supports Gina's group, but just talk about it just a little bit before we close, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, the book, um, like I said, it's on Amazon.com. It's $6. On, it's only Kindle format currently. If we sell enough copies, then maybe someday we'll we'll be like big authors and get real paperback books. But at the moment, it's electronic only. Uh, 20% of it goes to the Butterfly Nation Project um, to help them out. And um, I interviewed about 150 people for the book. And I think we've got about 40 that are quoted in there currently. And it's it's everybody from Graves' disease to thyroid cancer to Hashimoto's and the whole gamut of um, experiences in there. So if you want to make sure that you don't feel alone and see how other crazy people with thyroid disease are, check it out. <laughs> I've been and also, crazy. Gina, <laughs> and I, and Gina, I know you, I know you wanted to talk about your random act of kindness week. Will you explain to everybody a little bit about what that is? Well, you know, originally we wanted to do a run, walk, crawl, or drag um, in September in honor of Heidi, who was the member that we lost 
a few years ago um, from a thyroid storm. Unfortunately, you know, we just started this nonprofit in March. Um, you know, we've been trying to write up grants and get money in so that we could do something like this, but it wasn't going to happen. But I still wanted to do something to honor her. Um, and so the week from September 13th to the 22nd, I'm going to—I'm asking people to do a random act of, act of kindness, just in honor of Heidi Grimes. Um, I also was am planning on putting out there this week that um, if anybody turns around and they make a $10 or more donation to Butterfly Nation Project, that um, what I will do, and this is coming out of my pocket, um, I will send them a, a keychain with a, with the blue ribbon um, for their support for the first 100 people who do it. Very oh, cool. Sweet. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's um, let's go ahead and wrap this up, ladies, and everybody get back to their Sunday. Let's tell everybody where we can find both of you at. Okay, I'm I'm at um, ButterflyNationProject.org, or you can find me at um, Graves Disease: What Everyone Should Know on Facebook. Um, also, if you're really interested in just private messaging me, it's under Gina Lopes Langone. Um, I'm always online, so you can always get a hold of me. Oh, see, we did say it wrong. We said Lopez instead of Lopes. Okay. Lopes, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I'm Cape, I'm Cape Verdean, not Spanish. <laughs> it's okay. Yes, but I live in Costa Rica, so it's very natural for me to say Lopez, even Lopez, though yeah. I know it's spelled with an S. I can't help yeah. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I will beat you for it later. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so that was um, Gina, Butterfly Nation. Project. Okay. Now let's go to Britain. Um, our website is warriorbutterflies.com. Um, it's got all kinds of information. There's a link to the book on there. There is uh, physician information, and there's also a link to my Thyroid Tribe uh, Facebook support group. And you can also find me on WordPress at Butterfly Brittany. I do um, some blogging, which shows up on Gina's website occasionally as well. And mine so. too. Oh, that's right. And yours. It kind of makes my blogs too. get around. <laughs> yep. It gets around. It gets around. We okay. Well, well, yes. Well, you guys, it was really great to talk to you and hear both of your stories and share what you guys have been through and a little bit of your knowledge. Thank you absolutely so much for coming thank on. Thank you so much. Keep up the awesome work. Yeah, absolutely. Keep we raising money and, us. and going. And so you you are doing a random act of kindness. Sorry to throw that in, but you're doing a random act of kindness week for for a week, right? In in honor yes. of Heidi, or you're not. You are. In, you in are honor of Heidi. That. Okay, just one. We are doing that in honor of Heidi. Yep. Okay, that's September very cool. September 13th through 22nd, right? Yes. It was okay. September 13th is her birthday, and September 22nd is the day she passed. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. So we, we are going is, to use that week. That is going to be amazing. I'll be posting about it and sharing as well for everybody. Thank you, ladies. Yeah, it too. was so great to talk thank to you. Thank you. Thanks for thank the you. giggles. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have Bye. a wonderful Sunday. All right. Have a great thank afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, I tell you, there are just so many people who suffer. You know that? It's craziness. Oh. Uh, Oh, it's it's bizarre, and and you know, like that point that about Brittany that 
her thyroid's growing back. I mean, what are the odds of that, right? I mean, and just, and just you know, the doctor saying, you know, well, geez, yours is growing back. I mean, and, and the possibility that, that that's even a possibility is crazy. Right, and right. That, you I know, mean, actually, the, the education the possibility isn't out is, there. That's kind of cool, though, in the grand scheme of, of tissue regeneration. I mean, from a sort of a weird scientific kind of creepy, geeky me kind of deal. It is That's kind of a actually, good thing, you're right? We just need to figure cool. out how right. it did that. Right. That's all right. Keep growing it. Uh, we can just use Brittany, and we'll just grow a bunch of thyroids and pass them out. I love that. You know what's <laughs> weird? I got to tell you, I've actually heard of someone having more than one thyroid tissue too. Oh. Seriously, yeah, and they were actually hyper. Yeah, they had. Uh, thyroid tissue and thyroid hormone that were generating from more than one location. Yeah. Wow. And and no, it wasn't on some weird, creepy sci-fi, you know, X Files. <laughs> it, it was. It was legitimate, right? It was legitimate. Um, <laughs> and you know, we I mean, talk about on the show. We talk about how <laughs> there's so many different um, protocols and so many different people out there. And there's also a lot of people that, that don't have uh, correct information, but there's this thyroid bundle is out there, and it is by um, started by Isabella Wentz. And it has, I don't even know how many people representing, speaking, resources, offering, donating. It is fantastic. I've posted it on uh, the Hoshis and Graves groups. I've posted it on Facebook, um, on my Thyroid Nation page. It is, what, $39, $37? $37 over the- until Wednesday. Until Wednesday. And you get a free cookbook. You get Isabella's yeah. uh, favorite recipes. You get, you get um, like, an audio, like, a, no, a video of, of how to prepare a few things. And it just I believe our really own Shannon, Shannon Garrett has Shannon, a, a, yes. a, a book in there that she added to the bundle as well. So, I mean, it's a really, right. really she, cool. 37 bucks. that's a no-brainer. That is a no-brainer, a no-brainer, isn't it? Especially with all so. the different uh, resources and people that are in that, you can't, you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't pay for something like that Mm-mm. cheap, right? <laughs> no way. Just so check that book. out. <laughs> Just start yeah. there. <laughs> That's right. But plus, I think there's like coupons and like they give you all sorts of uh, discounts if you're going to purchase other things later. You get all these different yep. freebies and oh, it's just really cool. So check that out. And also, we wanted to just mention that Raina Kranz, one of our fabulous team member. She's also been a co-host on the show. She has a group called Thyroid Discussion Group, and it is now changing. She's starting her own page. It will be owned and operated by her, and she's got a couple admins out there. It is called Mm -hmm. the Thyroid Healing Journey on Facebook, so you have to check that out. You have to like the page and uh, go see what Raina and all them have to say over there. Absolutely. That's a, and she's got some great discussions that take place, so Thyroid Healing Journey, we're super, super excited for Raina and very, very, very happy for her. Yes. A very big very, thank very you to all, speaking of which, all of our amazing Thyroid Nation uh, radio team, without whom this show would not be possible. There are so many questions and things that get done uh, behind the scenes, the co-hosting, everything else. We couldn't do it without you. So a very big thank you to Raina, Laura, Melissa, Blythe, Penny, Sarah, and Shannon who's the newest uh, member, the Autoimmune RN. So please check out their bios, Thriver Stories, Facebook support groups, blogs, and website links at thyroidnation.com. Also, you can follow Thyroid Nation at thyroidnation.com 
on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and in the Facebook group, Hashis and Graves Thyroid Nation Radio Talk Show. Any blah, other blah, 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 blah. Hashis and Graves. <laughs> <laughs> Just right? Hashis, Hashis and Graves. And Graves. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And be sure to tune in next week. We are going to be talking with the lovely Dr. Donnie Wilson. She's a naturopath, and she's also an author of The Stress Remedy. So that is going to be a wonderful, wonderful show. Very cool. We want to remind you all that wellness is a journey and takes continual maintenance and evaluation. This is really, really important to both Dana and I to to really always pay attention to your stress levels, your exercise levels, nutrition, everything, and and make evaluations at the time and adjustments and, and just really, really be mindful of what your body is telling you, regardless of all the smarties out there. That's right. This is Dana, your Thyroid Nation gringa from Costa Rica. And Tiffany with GratefulGarden.biz. Bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. Thanks for joining us, guys. Oh, gringa tika. Whoops. Gringa tika. I forgot a part. Okay. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Have a great Sunday. (laughs) Happy Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.